It is Friday, February 12th. Thank you for listening to another edition of 10,000 Pitches presented by our good friends at Stimulus Athletic. As you've heard them be part of 10,000 Pitches before, they are officially on as our title sponsor. We cannot thank them enough for uh, supporting us and uh, giving us the opportunity to get the word out about them. If you are a soccer, baseball, basketball, ultimate Frisbee club, you know, season's coming up. You don't know who you're going to go to outfit your club or uh, who's going to provide you your apparel, your game gear. I'll tell you who it's stimulus athletic. You go to stimulusathletic.com, click the design tab, click the get started button. They can come up with a design for you. If you're going in blind, if you're going in scratch, that's totally fine. They have a great design team who can help you give you the look you need. But here's the other thing. If you already have a design, maybe you really liked the jersey design that you had last season, but maybe you just didn't like the material. You didn't like the, the type of jersey you had. That's totally fine. You can transfer that design over to Stimulus Athletic, and they can come with the same exact design, but on a much better, more comfortable, just an all-around great jersey, great shirt, great pants, whatever you need for your club. Comfortable quality game gear and apparel at affordable prices. That is what Stimulus Athletic is all about. So again, go to stimulusathletic.com, click the design tab, click that get started button, and make sure you tell them that 10,000 pitches sent you. Here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond, presented by Stimulus Athletic. Visit StimulusAthletic.com to outfit your club with quality game gear and apparel at affordable prices. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of 10K. We're now at episode 36. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. really helps the podcast to do all, the, all, those, uh, all three of those things. And if you follow us on all the socials, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at 10K Pitches. You want to check out some of our recent interviews? I would highly recommend you do that. Last week, unreal conversation with Minneapolis City and McAllister College assistant coach and go for women's soccer alum Tori Burnett. Recently, we've had Twin City Soul Futsal Chief Visionary Officer Mario Wimberly on the show, and Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee co-founder Derek Swanson has joined us recently as well. So go back, listen to those recent episodes if you have not. But on this week's show, we got a few friends of the pod. I guess a couple friends of the pod and then one new friend of the pod. Uh, it's Bateau FC's Josh Ranft, David Ripplinger, and they're bringing on teammate Johnny Zhang to join us as well. A great conversation with them and maybe a little bit of an announcement to make uh, with them during that interview as well. But right now, Mr. Ethan Brandt is back for yet another episode of 10K. How you doing, Ethan? Uh, doing good. You know, excited to be back. Um, excited to be featured on the pod with the champs. Primary Cup, the Wapassel. Prime. Everybody in the WPASL calls it Wapassel. So I'm just going to start calling it Wapassel now. Yeah, everyone calls it that. I I can never remember that, so I just went with WAPSL. But yeah, either either Good way, have works. but yeah, they're the primary cup champs, defending primary cup champs. So we'll talk to them about uh, what it might look like in 2021, defending their title. Little tease, I think the the format's going to be a little different this year. Ethan, David gave us a little insight on what that's going to look like, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, that's what I heard as well. Um, I'm kind of in the loop over there. Uh, fortunately enough that they they kind of keep me around. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it, it seems like there's really exciting things happening in that league. Uh, they're adding teams and, um, it seems like the, uh, the competitive, uh, and the, the level of soccer is continuing to go up in that league. 
yeah. which is, uh, you know, good for the league and good for leagues in the area. Definitely. And, uh, Ethan, you're over there in Madison, uh, Ford Madison, making a lot of headlines. We'll get to that in just a little bit. Uh, one of those headlines being the recent, uh, I guess, health initiatives, kind of new new health laws that just went in place over there when it comes to COVID-19. What's your experience with that and how are things on campus right now? Yeah, so like you said, Madison just did a like kind of a open house uh, town square meeting. Town hall. Um, where, town hall meeting, there it is, uh, where they, you know, fans were able to ask questions. Um and, uh, and yeah, so I, I'm kind of in the loop over here as well, just uh, with, uh, you know, playing here. And uh, so they mentioned this uh, at the at the town hall meeting that uh, Dane County or the county that Madison is, you know, primarily in um, did just change, you know, some health protocols uh, with, you know, attendance and uh, uh, large gatherings. Um, and I'm sure that will continue to evolve uh but uh, for us specifically here um, in the college soccer scene, um, uh, it's looking like for practices and games throughout the season, we will be wearing uh, masks at all time, even while playing. And from what I heard, uh, the Badgers women's soccer, and I'm assuming men's as well, but I don't know, are actually playing a lot of their games in Illinois due to the mask protocol. And I guess just being, you know, D1 kind of being able to uh, uh work around that a little bit i understand the reason why they're kind of have those initiatives in place but man that would be so tough especially soccer 90 minutes mask on your yeah, face. No, yeah no it's been it's been difficult we've uh um you know even just kind of here uh before kind of the season really ramps up and uh we start training um the, you know running uh lifting all that with with a mask has it's been tough uh but you know, if that's what it takes to play and to also keep mm. people safe, um, you know, it's a small price to pay. Definitely, definitely. And uh, you know, I, I mean, I would much rather have games happen, you know, with masks on than not not be able to play at all, personally, if it were me. So uh, I get it. And uh, again, we'll talk about Ford Madison uh, more and that specific town hall and what CEO Connor Kaloya had to say in just a little bit. Uh, but first, Ethan, why don't you talk about Spam FC a little bit? That's right. Uh, Spam FC. Uh, we are a proud uh, partner and uh, supporter of them. Um, and like we've talked about before, we are um, fortunate enough to be partnering with them and um, selling merchandise, uh, you know, with them. So uh, like I mentioned, you know, previously, there's a lot of great stuff there right now. Uh, more new designs on the way. But more importantly, because you are tuned in right now, you can get a 10% discount on all items in the store with code POD. If you want to use that discount, head over to shopspamfc.com. Um, that, that discount code is good uh, for, till the, for as long as the shop's up. And once again, new stuff on the way. And I believe it is for your first purchase and your first purchase only. I don't think you can get it multiple times, although we may open up so you can just get it whenever if you're a pod listener. But I think the way it's set up right now, you only get it for your first purchase. But yeah, 10% off. Use promo code POD, shopspamfc.com. Cannot thank the Spam FC guys enough for uh, for uh, trusting us to help us launch their merch store and uh, for giving us a chance to help support them and kind of help fulfill our mission of, uh, of supporting and 
and helping contribute to uh, lower league and grassroots level soccer, specifically here in Minnesota as well. So again, shopspamfc.com to uh, shop uh, all the great designs that Ethan and the uh, design team have been working hard to put together. That's right. Me and the design team, hard at, hard at work in the kitchen, just <laughs> whipping up some designs, baby, whipping up, whipping up designs. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Now let's switch gears and talk about the lower league E cup. Uh, it's getting down to it, Ethan round of 16. Unfortunately, Bateau FC bowed out today, um, losing to union Dubuque in OT overtime. Not much love when it went to overtime between, uh, between Bateau and union Dubuque. <laughs> Six five on aggregate in OT. Uh, Josh Ramped had uh, been eliminated prior in the opening round of the knockout rounds, and then uh, Ty, uh, their other uh, their other player there, who actually is a player on the team. He is like a legit gamer, but he's also on the team, which is pretty cool. Uh, made it all the way to the round of sixteen, but like I said, unfortunately bowed out to Union Dubuque today. So Bato FC unfortunately eliminated. We'll talk with Josh a little bit more about that and his experience with the lower league e cup during that interview a little bit later on. Um, at the time of recording, this result will obviously already be final by the time you listen to this on Friday morning. But Vlora plays later tonight, and they're also in another division on Thursday evening. Uh, Dynamo FC St. Cloud and Minneapolis City both play Thursday evening as well. Um, and of those Thursday evening matches, whoever wins will actually move on and play Sunday night as well. So pay close attention to those. Um, Forward Madison, Friday night. Uh, in the round of 16 in their division. And then uh, the FMFC supporters group, Labara 608 and Vlora FC2 both compete Sunday evening as well. So a lot of local flavor still in the lower league geek cup as we get down to it. And uh, and a uh, friend of the pod, the Caleb County United also plays. Yeah, well, actually, no- you're you're a friend of, of their pod. Oh, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. They're uh their podcast, and if you haven't listened to it, go and listen to Build It, the DeKalb County uh, United podcast. It is about the business side of lower league soccer, and it is fascinating. Like, it might just be because I'm a lower league soccer nerd and I love that stuff, but it really it, it really opens your eyes as to, to what lower league soccer can be and what drives a successful lower league soccer club. And at the end of the day, it's all about community. It's all about giving your community a, a place to go and watch sports, similar to like a minor league baseball team or things like that. Uh, it's it's just, it's really cool. And it, it kind of gives you a new perspective on lower league soccer when you listen to that podcast. So um, what, what those guys do there is just awesome. And that was, it was such an honor to be on that podcast and to talk about 10K and talk about Minnesota, the Minnesota soccer scene on that pod. So uh, build it look it up on your preferred podcast platform. Can't recommend it enough. I I'm, I'm kind of glad that it took me so long to find it. Cause I'm just binging. I'm, I'm just binging all day these episodes. So you, you can do the same again, build it. Uh, the DeKalb County United podcast. How long till we get a, a, a Jeremy, a Jeremy club here in the, here in the cities. How long? If I were to launch a club, I don't think you'd be here in the twin cities. Cause it's just, there's so many right there's There's already so many it's already enough uh but launching a club back in my hometown back in the quad cities would be kind of would be kind of cool that'd be awesome it would be kind of cool so it's it's not something i'm like all in on right now but it's more of a consideration now than it was before for sure 
So would it, what what would the name be? Would it be the 10K Club, or would you bring? I mean, out- the name the name QCFC just kind of is right there. So okay. Quad City FC is kind of right there, but I also I'm a big like like Minneapolis City has SC instead of FC Soccer Club instead of Football Club. I'm a big fan of that. So maybe QCSC or something like that. I don't know. We'll, for we'll, the we'll have to brainstorm a name for sure. For for the sake of branding, I think that's the way to go. Um, don't want to confuse of, people with you know football club. There's a there's a lot of bridges. So maybe like Bridgetown FC or something. I don't oh, know. Bridge Bridgetown FC. I like that. Yeah, um, I don't know. How about rushing? Like you're kind of blessed with a great last name. Would, would, rush, you, would you, rush FC? Yeah. Would you? Would you bring Quad over there? City Rush? Yeah. Would you? Would you go that way? I don't think so. No. Yeah, that'd feel probably a little conceited, right? Like that would you know, feel conceited. It'd be tacky. It'd be kind of the Quad City Rush. You know, I feel yeah. like we'd have to have like one of those PA announcers. So no, no, yeah. no I think we're good there. Uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was really cool. It was, it was awesome. So if you're interested in lower league soccer, if maybe you're thinking of starting a club, if you have a club, like any of the clubs in the area, um, if you're involved in the, in the decision-making process with those clubs, I would highly recommend going and listening to build it because it, it really does kind of give you a new, uh, new, fresh perspective on, on lower league and grassroots soccer in America. So, uh, very, very cool. But yeah, um, that was a lot of fun. And like you said, DeKalb County, at least at, at the time of recording, still in the involved in the lower league e-cup as well um twitch.tv slash lower league e-cup twitch.tv slash mpls city sc if you want to check out minneapolis city um dynamo vlora forward madison they all have their own twitch channels in which you can find the games broadcast so if you just go to twitch.tv and look up any of those clubs you'll be able to find them but again the main lower league e-cup twitch account twitch.tv slash lower league e-cup or follow them on twitter at lower league e-cup too to get all the all the info they're so good at putting out the schedules and and stuff like that and keep keeping us updated on what's going on so um it's been awesome so far uh, and i can't wait to see i mean it just gets more exciting as you go on right as we whittle down the brackets to get to the quarterfinals semifinals i mean it gets it just gets even more exciting so can't wait to see how uh, how things shake out it's almost like that's how brackets are supposed to work they get more exciting uh as they you go. know you know you but think- um more importantly, though, uh, we got a big time bracket coming up at the end of the episode. Yes. So. Speaking of brackets, some bracketology coming your way. Uh, very important bracket. The uh, Girl Scout cookie bracket coming your way later right. on this episode. So um, if you're if you're torn, you know, if, if you're uh, if your niece, if your daughter, if, if you have a, a family member family friend who's uh, selling some Girl Scout cookies and you're not sure what flavor to get or you're not sure what's the best one, uh, just stick around and we'll, we'll point you in the right direction here on 10K. Yeah, we're breaking it all down. If there's one thing that, that we're good at here in this episode is, is uh, we're not very knowledgeable in the junk food, junk food front, you and I, Ethan. So. That's, that's why I'm here. That's why, that's, that's why I keep you around. That's why, that's why you're featured on this episode, specifically for the, uh, for the Girl Scout cookie bracket. So bingo uh moving on though uh minneapolis city uh i mean they just keep killing the merch game right i mean this is just it's not even fair at this point for their golden birthday their february 6th was their golden birthday they turned six on february 6th that's how golden birthdays work uh they launched the uh golden version of their black and white long-sleeved wing kits with the number six on the back uh and this is just i mean I didn't buy one because I've already probably invested way too much money in lower league soccer uh, uh, kits, but man, 
As these were slick. Yeah, I I don't really know how much we can add to this conversation. I think I I I can only imagine if you listen to listen to this pod. Uh, you've seen the jerseys. Um, and, and yeah, they're they're great. Um, and if I'm not wrong, they are brought to you by Stimulus Athletic. Yes, yes, I was just about to say that. You know who made those designs come to life? You know who put together those uh those jerseys? Stimulus Athletic. Stimulus so. Athletic. Yes, and if you've bought a Minneapolis City jersey, you know how comfortable they are, and you know how nice they are to wear. So uh, again, you can you can vouch for Stimulus Athletic and and the type of quality uh, quality they bring. So yes, good good call, Ethan. Appreciate the plug there. Um, but yeah, I mean, just another W in a long line of Ws for the Crows this year. Speaking of Minneapolis City, though, they were the first victims of the up the thieves when St. Louis City SC. Uh, put out very, very similar branding to theirs. And then Manchester United put out a very, very similar jersey to theirs. Now the victim is forward Madison. As Inter-Miami launched their secondary kit, all these MLS clubs are coming out with their secondary kits for 2021. And I'm actually, for the most part, they've been pretty creative. Like, I don't know if you saw LA Galaxy. We talked about Philadelphia's last week. But LA Galaxy put out theirs. That's pretty cool. It's kind of a throwback to their early MLS days. Um, LAFC put out a really simple one, but I actually kind of liked it. It's kind of like an off-white. And then Inter-Miami unveiled theirs today. Now, standalone, it's a pretty cool-looking kit. But it's good. it's, uh, it's, it's, It's too similar to a kit that Ford Madison uh, launched last year. Yeah, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I'm sure a lot of the people listening have kind of seen it and how similar it is. Um, and like for those that don't know what we're talking about, it's it's largely black and it has kind of a, a palm tree undertone, like tropical kind of leaves uh, lightly represented uh, throughout the, the entirety of the kit. And, and I think Ford Madison's like was a little more pronounced. And then the, this one, the Miami one was a little less, um, it's a little more subtle. It's a little more subtle. Um, so yeah, I, um, yeah, no, it is. It's unfortunate that it happened again. Um, and, and I do wonder like, is part of it just like us being, you know, fans of Ford Madison. Right. And we kind of make that association. Like it is similar. Right. But like, are we just extra prone to making that like connection? Um, and then kind of in, in the same vein, right? Like I, there's, I guess in theory, unlimited designs you can do, right? Mm-hmm. But at some point, you know, something's been done, right? Like yeah. you can go back in time and I guarantee you, you could find 10 other jerseys that look just like that. And obviously I'm not trying to, you know, like, uh, you know, like pick a side here or anything like that. But I do think at some point, you know, um, similar jerseys are bound to pop up. Um, especially when like, you know, a team like Ford Madison is, and, you know, even uh, MPLS city, like they have so many jerseys, you know, so, and like, uh, like good designs at that, but so many of them constantly, you know, cycling um, at some point you're going to get some repeats. Right. Yeah. And and I think it's, it's probably a little bit of both, right. It's probably a little bit of like, soccer twitter you can scroll and see jerseys all day right and then a couple years later you're like oh what would be a great design and then like automatically like your mind might go to something that you've seen but maybe like in that moment you don't realize that you're like 
ripping it off kind of it's just like you're using it more as inspiration it's like an idea that pops into your head but really it's an idea because you saw something you know a year earlier on twitter or something like that so yeah i mean i'm I'm not gonna sit here and say inner miami like completely ripped off forward madison but very very similar kits for sure and forward madison did do it first so even if it wasn't a rip it's still uh forward madison was first so go buy their tropical all black goalkeeper kit because it's pretty dope yeah uh, ford madison's was better like if you're gonna buy one the ford madison one was much better yes Um, i completely agree i i do think the jersey landscape as a whole you know across all like sports is like in a very like interesting position like and for me like most notably it started when nike got the rights to the nba and they started doing like the the city edition jersey, the statement edition jersey. It's like essentially you have your home and away. Uh, some teams will have an alternate. You'll get a jersey if you make the playoffs. Um, and then I think you get one more on top of that generally, like the city edition one that's specific to your city. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some and, you know, maybe a retro on top of that. And for me, that's when it became most notable. And now, uh, you know, I think in soccer, we see it, especially in the Premier League, like some of these teams will have a crazy amount of jerseys. Um, But I'm guessing it's profitable for these companies, right, to just, you know, have cycled jerseys, you know, once a year, have every team have five or, you know, four or five jerseys because like they keep doing it, you know, so. Yeah, and I think it's it's more like there's always something new, right? I mean, if you put out two jerseys, at some point, people are going to stop buying them. But if you put out five and you promote them in a way where it's like each one is something new after a few months, you're, you're really kind of staying relevant. You're kind of maximizing that, that uh, continued, you know, uh, I guess, uh, interest in, in the right. brand and in the, in the team and in the jerseys. So, yeah, I mean, and any, any team that puts out that many jerseys, that's the reason they're doing it is because they want, right. they want to sell more. So I, um, I, I do love specifically in the NBA, once again, NBA talk here on the, here on the pod. I mean, like, it, it took you a while. I mean, the, now granted last week, you almost just jumped right into it. At least you gave us 20, 25 minutes before we dipped our toe in the NBA water. So I, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. It, admittedly i don't even know if there's a segue into me talking about the raptors last week or if i just like kind of did it there really wasn't it was like we got into like canada talk somehow and then you just as soon as we remotely started talking about canada you just completely dove into raptors talk so they did get a win today just before we started recording beat the wizards congratulations Um, the g league bubble i think is tipping off tonight for the g league fans um, I don't know if the Iowa Wolves, which is the Timberwolves G League affiliate, I don't know if they're in the bubble, um, but I know the Raptor 905 is. But all that to say, I think the funniest part about like all these jerseys is when the designer has to come up with some like vague concept of how it's tied to like, you know, the city or the team. Um, that always makes me laugh at the or like. Like, it's just kind of ridiculous how they try to tie these, like, concepts in. Um, but, yeah, but Iowa anyways. Wolves lost to the Long Island Nets by okay. three today. Um, all right. So, all that to circle back to uh, Ford Madison here uh, because, bring it home. yeah, I mean, a lot of Ford Madison. We've been talking a lot of Ford Madison the last couple of weeks. I think we had, like, three Ford Madison topics last week. And now, uh, just today, just on Wednesday, uh, they held a town hall on Twitter with COO Connor Kaloya, 
who has been on the podcast before. I have not looked to see what exact episode that is, but it was before their, uh, before their condensed USL season started, which I believe was in July or August. So go back and look at our prior episodes. Connor Kaloy has been on the pod before. It was a great conversation with him, but anyways, he held a little town hall on Twitter to talk about um, the the recent health initiatives that we've already touched on Ethan, but also just what fans can expect and, and really um, answered some very candid questions from the supporters and the people who are watching. Yeah, I, uh, I was able to, I was able to tune in on Twitter and I think the, the craziest and most notable part of like the town hall was uh, someone like left a comment and I didn't write his name down. Um, but he said something along the lines of like, I'm a fan of the marketing and I'm a fan of the kits and I'm a fa- fan of the branding, but I'm not a fan of the players. Like Pro- because the product not- on the field. Yeah, the product on the field because they're not good enough is, is what he said. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. And I and I think that kind of brings to light something that um, happens here in like lower league soccer that not, doesn't necessarily happen at the program where you have more direct uh, access to kind of the higher ups within the, the organization about when they're not performing good enough. So um so anyways, Madison finished seventh out of 11 um, within last year in the condensed season. Um, it's not awful, but it's not good. After and, actually a decent showing in their first season, but that was only with like eight teams in, in League One at that point. So r- r- Right. They did make the playoffs in their first year is what he said. And then last year they kind of fell off a little bit. Um, so what, what Connor said was like, I thought he gave like a really good answer to a really tough question where, you know, they they aren't cutting the player budget, right? Like, it was a really tough year for clubs at all level. And and Madison, you know, was committed to, we're not cutting the player budget. You know, they just brought in their new coach. Um, they're, they're continuing to invest in the club. Um, and he said, like, they were excited about where they're going. And to be fair, that's his job is to say, like, I'm excited about where we're headed. But, um, but no, I thought that was a tough question. He gave a good answer. And to be fair to Madison... Um, if I remember correctly, they were because of what we were talking about earlier with Dane County um, uh, health restrictions being some of the tightest in Wisconsin, I think um, they were playing games in Milwaukee or specifically Wauwatosa, which is like, I, as many of you probably know, about like an hour and 10 hour and 20 minutes away. And then I'm pretty sure they were training in the Dells, which is like about a 40 minute drive. So that that is a lot to put on you know a club and then you know you got to go out there and perform on top of that Mm -hmm. um and obviously you know i don't think they're in the business of making excuses to why they underperformed but if someone were to do it i think they'd have a good case well and i mean i say this a lot about i've said this having sports conversations with and with so many people about so many different sports and teams i mean i don't know how much you can really take a COVID year into account when you're looking at the bigger picture, when it comes to the team, because of all the, because of all the things you just mentioned, just so many more hurdles and so many things. And I get that like every team goes through those hurdles, but it's not the exact same for every single team, right? Some teams have it a little bit harder than others. Um, And if you're a team in a place like Madison, where forward Madison was literally up until today, the only professional sports team in America who could not play in their own hometown. So it's, it's tough. 
it's been tough. And it even up until today, it's been tough. And moving forward, it's going to be tough. Because again, like, like we said, Ethan, if they want to play in Madison this season, the way it stands right now with the current health restrictions, they would have to play their games with masks on. Now, so with the opponents, but still to have all your home games be played with masks on the entire time, like that's, that's tough. But again, another hurdle that some of these other teams aren't going to have to overcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good point. Where they they were in a tough situation, um, and and I think they made the best of it, right? Like they went they went out there and played, um, which is sometimes all you can ask for. But uh, Connor did go on to say that there it, it is looking positive for a a potential to uh, return to playing here in Madison at Bruce Stevens Field, and um, if not a uh, a closer venue than uh, Milwaukee. Or, or Wauwatosa specifically. Exactly. So if you're a four Madison fan, stand out for that, um, or look out for that, excuse me. Uh, up to 100 fans would be allowed to attend games with the current health uh, initiatives as well. Obviously, masks required outside of, you know, eating your food or, or drinking whatever you have. So um, that is a positive as well, that a, a handful of fans would actually be able to go out and take in those games uh, if and when they happen with the current health initiatives. Um MLS came out today and said that April 17th is going to be their start date. I would assume USL would be somewhat close to that date, if not even a little bit later uh, for their start date. So a lot of things could happen, could go in a good direction, could go in a not so good direction uh, over the next couple months. So we'll just have to see how it plays out, but that's kind of where things stand today as far as for, as far as forward Madison goes. Um, speaking of MLS, uh, we don't have it on the notes here, Ethan, but I did want to mention it. Yeah. Commissioner Don Garber did come out today and said April 17th is their, uh, new provisional start date. Um, that's two weeks later than the original one, which is April 3rd. So we are two months and one week from time of recording away from the start of the MLS season. Um, so if you're Minnesota United fan, you have something to look forward there to there. Um, the players and the owners came to an agreement on a new collective bargaining agreement, which, uh, was not so good for the players in my opinion, but it does ensure that, uh, there is going to be a season coming up. So, uh, we will see the loons. Uh, the big question though, a lot of people are having is will fans be able to go to Allianz field this season, at least on the early portions of the season. And, Kind of like we said with Ford Madison, there's a lot of time between now and then for different things to happen and new health initiatives and, and, and things like that. So we'll just have to wait and see at this point. Roll loons, roll loons, roll loons. Yeah, exactly. Um, that kind of speaking of the loons and speaking of MLS, that kind of uh, helps us transition into our next topic, which is the U S open cup, or as I'm calling it, the 2021 U S closed cup, because it's not so open this year. Uh, USSF announced their plans for the 2021 U S open cup, dropping it from eight to five rounds will take place just over a two month time frame, actually under two months, May 4th to June 30th, uh, number of eligible clubs. Here's the big, here's the big one number of eligible clubs down from 101 to just 24, 24 American clubs will be competing in the U S open cup. That's why it's not open this year. Um, Tournament will have will still have representation from each of the four divisions who normally competes. Uh, you have one, two, and three, and then the open division, which does include the NPSL. Um, four teams from that open division will be invited. Um, that open division includes NPSL, USL League Two, the US Adult National Amateur Cup champion gets an automatic bid. So um, 
but it does not look like any of the local Minnesota clubs will be getting one of those invites because there are so few for those uh, non-USL teams. Um, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Um, so that's the open division. Four teams from Division Two or Division Three, which is uh, NISA and USL League One. So two invites from NISA two from usl league one that of course will leave out forward madison because they did not finish in the top two of the usl league one uh table or uh, advance to the championship in the playoffs so they will not be uh competing in the u.s closed cup this year um eight from division two which is the usl championship and then eight from division one which is mls um and i have to imagine uh, minnesota united will be one of those eight mls clubs uh invited so um, as far as local flavor goes in the USO Open Cup or the US Closed Cup, it'll just be the team at the top. It'll just be uh, the Loons, Minnesota United. Yeah, I, I I think that that's a huge disappointment, and I don't think I needed to to say that. I think we all knew it was disappointing. Um, I think from you know a revenue side, that's disappointing. I can only imagine this greatly benefits some of the smaller clubs and kind of the exposure they have depending on who they're playing. Um, I think from a player standpoint, that's super disappointing. Where you know, if you were kind of, if you had like a good chance of playing against like a, a much higher level, you know, team and player, uh, you probably kind of lost that. And, and that is disappointing. Um, I think this also probably kind of points to just the, the mess that is uh, soccer in, in America and some of the, the bigger problems within that system that like, I probably don't need to go into, but um, just kind of exist here. Um, so hopefully in the future, the, the closed cup opens back up um, to allow uh, these teams to be part of it again. Yeah. And, and kind of playing off what you just said, Ethan, it's, it's pretty obvious that uh, the fourth division is really not much of a priority for USSF. Right. I mean, they barely, they barely recognize fourth division leagues as leagues within the U S soccer system. So uh, it does not surprise me. I'm actually, I was even surprised that, that they're going to have a couple NPSL teams in there. Um, I guess that this, they don't have to NPSL is just one of the leagues that um, is eligible who have a, a couple clubs eligible to be invited from that open division. So I guess they don't necessarily have to, I have to imagine they will just for, just for PR purposes, but um, yeah, disappointing. I echo that disappointment and it stinks. Cause uh, I was just texting with John at Minneapolis city yesterday. And he's like, this is the best team that we've had on the field, like ever. And it just stinks that we're not gonna be able to get to compete on that kind of stage on that kind of level, you know, cause um, you know, they were set to compete in Chicago for the, for the opening qualifying round last year. Uh, and if they would have won that, they would have played forward Madison in the next round. And that would have been a lot of fun, but we didn't get that. We're not going to get that this year, unfortunately. Uh, so it is what it is. It definitely makes the U.S. Open Cup a lot less intriguing, at least if you're a fan of lower league soccer. Uh, if you're just a fan of MLS and you're one of those top eight clubs, you probably won't care. But uh, it just, I don't know. It, it, that's kind of what makes the Open Cup so special. What makes it different is the uh, involvement of those lower league clubs and those fourth division clubs that we're just not going to get this year. Right. It, it's disappointing. And But, uh, you know, not, not to be too cynical uh, because I, th I think uh, part of it is player and fan safety. Yeah. So I mean, that's yeah, travel, the amount of travel and stuff right. like, like I, I, part of me gets it, but also I think there was a way to do it to make it a little bit more fair and a little bit more inclusive, I guess, 
is the best way to, to put it. And I I don't I don't know all the ins and outs. I could be I could be off base here. But my guess is a lot of it has to do with uh, testing capabilities of some of these lower league teams where can they get all their players tested, um, you know, for, you know, X amount of days before the game or the match um, and then, you know, travel in a, in a safe way. And I think that all plays a role as far as like, you know, budgets for these lower league teams because that stuff does add up quickly. Um, but, but once again, I uh, – um, you know, uh, brighter minds in mind, probably no more. Yeah. And I, I think, I think in other countries and in other places that, that this type of thing exists in those situations, the soccer federation would, would pay for those COVID tests and would, you know, set everything up and logistically make sure that these teams are covered. But again, in the U S soccer system, those clubs and those leagues just aren't really seen as much of a priority, or at least they've made it clear that to me, at least, and to other people that don't, they don't see those clubs and leagues as much of a priority. So uh, like I said, I mean, that that's what the uh, closed cup looks like this year. If you're interested in watching all games on ESPN plus May 4th through June 30th. Now we have built it all the way up to the main event here, Ethan. We have some Wrexham content on the show this week. I am very excited. Hit me with it. That's right. Uh, Wrexham is back making headlines. Um, So right off the bat here, um, Ryan Reynolds, who you may recognize from R.I.P.D., the 2013 film starring himself and Jeff Bridges, (laughs) along with um, Rob McKinley. McKinley? Never get his name right. Regardless, they are the official owners of Wrexham AFC. Um, It's been a long time in the making, but they finally got it. Um, So now diving a little bit more into that, um, the – um, I, we would like to thank uh, friends of the pod ESPN FC for providing this information. Um, <laughs> exclusive, exclusive information. Yep. Don't check their Instagram. Don't check their Instagram because you won't find it. Uh, you got to be here for it. Um, so, so those two, they've promised um, no rebrand and they're not moving uh, from, you know, their city and location. Um, they are going to develop a women's football uh, or soccer, uh, you know, team within within their uh, branding. Um, there is a documentary in the works uh, for this, uh, I think, team and transaction. Um, and Rex then until I die, that, that we're hoping called? we're hoping I, I to be honest, uh, I hope HBO Max gets the rights to this. Cause like, I I'd rather see, like, I don't want to watch a Paramount plus Wrexham, uh, uh, documentary. I, I want an HBO max one. Um, I'll get it on whatever platform it comes out on, to be honest. You like, I'm assuming you watched the Super Bowl, right. And like, you yeah. saw every, every commercial break, there was a Paramount plus. Well, isn't that ad. just, isn't just, isn't CBS all access. Aren't they just rebranding? Yeah. Paramount yeah it's, plus? It's, okay. a, it's a CBS all access rebrand, but they like, they ensured they weren't going to mention that, which I don't know that I just thought that was so funny and I will not be getting Paramount plus um, those commercials. They didn't sell me um, all, <laughs> all 95 of them that we saw over the course. Of yeah. The it was one in every single commercial break. Wasn't there? Yeah. I, there had to be. Um, and like, like how did the marketing team sit down and they're like, all right, guys, like Paramount plus baby, here we go. 
and they and they landed on bringing like Snooki as like a lead in the commercial. I think they were just looking for awareness. I think they were just looking for something that was memorable, good, bad, yeah. ugly. They just want people to remember it. And here I we just, are talking about it. You know, okay, Paramount Plus baited us that they put Snooki <laughs> in there and I was criticizing them. But so anyways, um, I hope HBO Max gets it, not Paramount Plus. Um, and then lastly, uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds is the, um, the owner of, or, you know, partial owner of Aviation Gin. And they had a limited edition Wrexham bottle. Sweet. Hey, uh, Ryan Reynolds, I know you listen to this podcast. Uh, if you ever want to uh, have have a, a perfect podcast sponsor for your aviation gin, we're the, we're the one. Give us and, a call. And uh, what, what, to, to clarify, I don't want Ryan Reynolds to get confused with Brian Reynolds, who we talked yes. about last yes, week. Yes, exactly. Brian Reynolds signed with Roma, former forward Madison player, former FC Dallas player. Uh, yes, not to be confused with the with the actor Ryan Reynolds. Agreed. Yes. Um, so the movie I, I, I referenced off the top, uh, RIPD, the rest in peace department. Have you ever seen it, Jeremy? I've not, I've never even heard of it to be honest. Yeah. Don't watch it. It's like, a, it's like, a, it's like a, I don't know, a, a dollar tree brand, uh, men in black. It's very bad. Not worth watching. <laughs> a dollar tree brand men in black. You've kind of sold me on it to be honest. Now I kind of want to go watch it. Where can I where can I watch it, Ethan? Okay, give me a minute. I'm gonna find it real quick. If you wanted to watch it, you could uh, pay for it on Apple TV or Amazon, no, and no. it looks like it's on TNT right now. Like, so as we speak. Well, not like as we speak, okay, but like that'd be pretty awesome. That'd be nuts. All right, as we said, a lot of great stuff coming up in the podcast. We have the much anticipated. Girl Scout cookie bracket coming up. Ethan's going to read a nice 10K review. Uh, I'm going to shoot more shots on my toddler hoop and see how many I can make and see if I can improve my total from last week, which was two. But before we get to all that, of course, we got to bring in interview guests this week, which were Bateau FC's Josh Ranft, Johnny Zhang, and David Ripplinger. Hope you enjoy it. All right, now it's time to welcome in two friends of the pod and a new friend of the 10,000 Pitches podcast. It's Bateau FC's Josh Ramft and David Ripplinger, and they brought along their teammate, Johnny Zhang. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Thanks Good. for having us. Good. Yeah, doing pretty well. It's nice to have you guys on again, uh, Josh and David. We had you on back in episode 17, if you want to go back and listen to it. But Johnny, this is your first time joining us here on 10K. So if you could talk a little bit about your individual soccer background and how you ended up with Bateau. Um, yes. So my name is Johnny Zhang and I'm 19 years old and about a little bit about myself. Um, I started playing soccer when I was younger, just kicking the ball, passing it around with my dad. And, um, my family has a big background in soccer, but I officially played with my first team at my high school, North high school. And I played with the club there and I started out in the JV team and my coach was actually David Rifflinger himself. (laughs) <laughs> and he was, he was <laughs> nice. And I have to say, he was a really, um, he helped me in like the basic stuff that helped me to become the soccer player that I am today. And I am really appreciative to him. And gotcha. um, 
So, Johnny, you don't so, have to say that uh, yeah. just because David's right here. I mean, <laughs> you, you, you can talk about the bad too. We could talk about the bad. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, he wasn't just like a, a coach to me personally. I felt like he was also like a really good teammate as well. And then like whenever we did practices, he'd always be there interacting with us and playing in those um, practice rooms with us. And it was just great to have. And that's like a great quality to have in a coach. But not just like in the coach, but that that's great to have in a player as well. And then throughout high school, I got into the uh, varsity team during junior year, and that was amazing. Senior year, I don't want to talk about senior year, not the best run that we've had. But um, other than that, then after high school, when I graduated, I wanted to further my play experience, and that's when I found Toe. And um, a couple of my friends was on the team beforehand, and they told me about it, and I was like huh, I wonder who's on the team. And guess who I found out was on the team? David <laughs> Lifflinger. And then um, me and David talked about it. And then, um, yeah, and then I just was on the team, surprisingly. And yeah. there's so many good players on the team. I didn't think that I could compete with any of them. But, yeah, so yeah. the overall experience was, like, amazing. I want to thank David, Josh, uh, Larry, Chacha, Sadid, all of my – um, senior players for giving me the opportunity to play with them and hopefully the chance to play with them this season as well when it's coming up what was that like tradition transitioning from having david as your coach to then as kind of your teammate you know almost like a superior to like an equal what was that transition like uh i wouldn't say exactly an equal because his play style is a little bit i it's more developed than mine but um i guess the difference from him being a coach to a player that i can play with is that um, him telling me like his type of play style and how he wants to play and then transitioning from that to actually playing with him knowing how his play style is was easy to play with him because like you know he's the type of guy who wants to like run a lot so then I just make sure I just boot the ball as far as possible where he yeah. can get it very very cool well Josh and David uh, like I said you guys have been on the show before we spoke to you back in uh, September following the WPASL primary cup championship run you guys had and you had a friendly or two lined up to see how you would stack up with clubs in the UPSL there were a couple of other friendlies that, that you had in the fall so so how did those go for you guys I thought uh, I thought the friendlies went really well um, we started with homeboys which is a team that we've played even before Wapasso was formed uh, we played them over the last two or three years. Uh, we have one of their players who played a couple games with us last year um, before we were Bateau. So we formed that relationship, and that game went really well. Uh, we ended up winning – what was the score of that one? 5-1, 4-1. one You scored a hat trick. Oh, sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> okay, 4-1. Uh, we went from there to play our, our rivals up in Barron which that relationship also started before Wapassel. So just continuing to build on the relationships that we've had in the past, uh, we ended up beating Barron up there um, at their home field, which was nice. It was awesome. Um, but then uh, playing unfamiliar teams, we went up against Granite City of the UPSL. We just wanted to see where we're at. Um, were we ready to make the jump? How could we compete? Um, and I'm, I'm really pleased with how we did. I thought we had them on the back foot for most of the second half mm -hmm. and we had multiple chances to tie it and had we oh man there were there were so many op opportunities right in front of the goal we couldn't just put them in like <laughs> one of those days where it's like yeah you can't hit the broad side of a barn kind mm -hmm. of thing like my goodness yeah me, but me. To, to see us create 
that many opportunities against a quality opponent like Granite City was was encouraging to say the yeah. least. Um, we're looking to build on that this spring as well. So um, I, I was really pleased with how we played against Granite City. We did end up losing three to four, but like I said, they're a very quality opponent, very established in their history, and uh, we were very happy to have played them this fall. So you mentioned uh, building on it in the spring. Does that mean there are spring friendlies uh, lined up or you guys are, are pursuing those right now? Do you have anything kind of on the books yet? We have three preseason friendly matches. Um, I have been in contact with three different teams. Um, I just yesterday confirmed with DeKalb County United down, nice. in, down in Illinois. So uh, that's on the books for April 10th. We're going to travel down there. And the idea that I spoke with John Hall about, right? John Hall. Yeah. Yep, John Hall. Name. Okay. I talked with, talked with John about was creating an ongoing annual relationship where we play each other in the preseason every single year. Mm -hmm. So this year is the start of it where we will go down there. And then in 2022, the idea is that they would come up here. And then in 2023, we'd go down there and it'd just be yeah. this Back ongoing relationship. Home home. Where, yeah. Yeah. Where, Home and away, we play home one year, they play home the next year, and we just keep interchanging them. So um, that's on the books. We wanted to continue our relationship with homeboys again, so we have them on the books for, I believe it was Saturday, April 17th. And then uh, we've got another UPSL opponent in uh, Vlora. Nice. And so we plan to play them. We're going to host them. Um, I have played with Vlora in the past, so I have a good relationship with Adi and that team and a mm -hmm. bunch of the guys on that team. So um, Adi was really interested to see what our home field looked like. So uh, he's going to, their Vlora team is going to come to Eau Claire for that game. And that'll be played on April 25th. So we've got three preseason games already in the books. So uh, we're looking forward to uh, testing ourselves before the season starts. Very, very cool. Now uh, on the virtual pitch, you have multiple representatives in this year's lower league E-Cup. Josh, unfortunately, your run is over. You had a really good showing though, made it past the group stage, eliminated in kind of that opening knockout round. What was that experience like for you competing in the E-Cup? Oh man, it was so much fun for me. Uh, historically, I'm not much of an online gamer with FIFA. So it was different for me to to jump into this realm and, and face real people versus uh, facing just the AI in the game. Yeah. Um, but from my experience, uh, I, I would say it, it tested me in ways that, that I didn't think it could. Uh, I learned a lot about my virtual play style. Uh, mm. and, and honestly, uh, I can take a lot away from that and, and apply it to how I want uh, say Bateau to play yeah. uh, as, as a team moving forward. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, my my uh, participations come to an end. I I had to face some really good opponents, both in the group stage and then in that first knockout round. But uh, but it was good for me. Uh, I think good for the team. Good to build awareness for the team as well. Did you do any like training beforehand? Did you did you play any like quote unquote friendly matches with with anybody that that you know on FIFA to kind of get ready for that experience? What was that? What was that like kind of leading up to the tournament? I think a lot of people did do those preseason or, or pre-tournament friendlies. I did not participate in any. It went in cold like that. then. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of I trusted myself to to play the way that I like to play on FIFA, and and uh, it you know I was able to score goals, but I was unfortunately able to concede more goals than I was scoring. 
Uh, and then and that happens, especially when you face guys who are, who are really good and the goals definitely seem to, seem to pile up. So, but like, but you know, without playing too much online, like I said, made it past the group stage. So that, that's an awesome showing. Um, Ty, who's a, who's a player for your team. He is still in the, uh, in the tournament in the Xbox premier division. Actually at the time of recording, he competes in the playoffs against Union Dubuque tonight. Um, I know the results will be happening by the, by the time this, uh, this airs, but how do you guys like his chances? I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident for him. I think Dubuque put up a good group stage. They did qualify, I think, uh, as, as a wild card opponent as well because uh, they had a tough group in, in uh, having DeKalb and then that uh, British team, the Northwich team that finished second in their group. So I, I think it's going to be a good matchup, uh, equal matchup, mm-hmm. and I think uh, either side has a really good chance of progressing. However, whoever does progress has the uh, unfortunate circumstance of having to play Lansing Common in the next round. And we saw what they were able to do against Minneapolis city back in the group stages. So it'll be tough. Yeah. Definitely one of the premier teams in the tournament. So uh, again, uh, the ties results uh, will be uh, decided by the time this podcast airs, but if he's still in the tournament, definitely go and uh, follow Bateau FC on Twitter and, uh, and, and watch, uh, watch him as he moves forward into the uh, lower league E-Cup. So aside from those friendlies that David talked about, aside from the E-Cup, what have you guys and the club been up to over the last five months during this off season? Yeah, uh, we've been just trying to steadily grow our brand as much as possible. So whether that whether that's uh, posting more consistently on social media across Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, uh, or just doing things to to get our, our brand out there. So uh, we we built a website that just launched this past week. Um, we are we're going to be hosting tryouts to to build awareness and and maybe bring a, a more robust player pool into Eau Claire into what we're doing here at Bateau. Um, Outside of that, it's just uh, business as usual, just small interactions here and there to kind of get our name out. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we've got some big plans for, for 2021. Awesome. And uh, Johnny, moving f- moving into kind of the semi-professional soccer realm, did, did you kind of have any preconceived notions or have any expectations going in? And what has your experience actually been like compared to those expectations kind of moving into a team like Bateau in a league like the WPASL? Um, It's a big step up from any type of soccer that I've been playing right now mm-hmm. because the only experience that I've had so far was the um, high school stuff and that's basically it. I don't know if you really consider um, like pickup soccer to be mm-hmm. some sort of experience but um, yeah going into like that more competitive field is a great feeling to have because it's it's like one of those things like you can't be better unless you play against other people that are better than you, you know? So mm-hmm. I just really like that playing, uh, like that feeling of playing against a uh, better competitive people. Definitely. Definitely. Now, now Josh, we're both esteemed guests now of DeKalb County United's build it podcast. As, as David mentioned, you guys are have a friendly with them coming up this spring. Um, that podcast really focuses on like the business side of lower league soccer and what clubs are doing to sustain revenue and success and, and kind of, certain things that teams can take or clubs can take and kind of help their own financial and revenue success. So what did you learn most from your time on that podcast and what have you applied, if anything, from that experience to Bateau? I know it hasn't been that long, so, uh, but have have you uh, applied anything from that yet? Definitely. Uh, It's a great question, Jeremy. And um, so I appeared as a guest back at believe in November on, on their podcast and yeah, I've taken away a few things that uh, that John and Nick were able to to uh, lay out for me. Uh, one of the big things is the community aspect of the club. That is probably the biggest aspect for what we're trying to do here, and what most lower league clubs should be striving to do is mm-hmm. really getting ingrained and entrenched in their communities. 
So uh, part of what we've done for the website is, is uh, issue a volunteer form and we're trying to get the word out to, to bring as many volunteers into the club that can help us grow what we're trying to do, whether it's off the field or during the match day experience. We're, we're trying to uh, make this a community-wide thing, not just a soccer-specific thing here in Eau Claire. Yeah, I think one of the big things is, is trying to make it more community-driven, um, not necessarily not player-driven, but definitely more on the community-driven side. David, I mean, you're, you're, a, you're a soccer player through and through. Um, as you're kind of, you know, integrating yourself more in, in Bateau and, and your work on the board, and as Bateau kind of grows, um, what are you seeing in terms of, you know, the growing importance and, and the investment that it takes to kind of put into that community aspect, you know, more off the field, uh, while still obviously focusing on what you guys can do on it? I think uh, for Bateau, uh, we have taken an interest in our local youth clubs um, to try to reach out to them to build, build a bridge there, um, mm -hmm. create a relationship that can be both beneficial to not only us, but them as well. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we want to, Bateau has kind of hung our hats on the fact that we want to create opportunities for kids. So a lot of times what happens, and, and Johnny can attest to this as well, that once you get past high school, it's either you're playing in college or you're not playing at all. Mm -hmm. And we have so many kids in our community who fall into that where maybe they don't want to play in college, but mm -hmm. they still love the game. Why would you stop? Like a lot of kids getting that, get, I feel like getting their own heads. Oh, I'm not good enough to play in college. I'm just going to stop playing. I'm quitting. So, like, there's no reason for that. Like, mm -hmm. even if you aren't quote unquote good enough, or like maybe you didn't make a D3, D2, or D1 roster, there's no reason that you can't join a local lower league club like Bateau and continue your soccer career because we play for the love of the game. And I mean, mm -hmm. winning championships is kind of cool to go along with it, yeah. but you know, like, just trying to give opportunities for kids. So we've reached out to our local club in Eau Claire United. Um, we've reached out to our university for some of the kids there. Maybe he has tryouts for his university team or he has recruits that maybe don't pan out or they end up maybe not liking a varsity level as much, but they mm -hmm. still want to play. Like we're trying to create opportunities in our community for as many people to play the game that we all love. Um, so that that's a thing that I feel like Batos hung our hats on trying to make this a community driven thing. Um, Johnny's brand new to our board, which yep. is amazing. Like we reached out to our community, like anybody want to volunteer for the board? Does anybody want to be more invested in this project that we're going with? And, and it's been, it's been a great opportunity for him. I think um, we, we love having him here mm -hmm. and uh, we we're excited. I mean, he's only 19 years old, so yeah. the sky's the limit here. So it's, it's awesome. Johnny, you are that type of individual that David's talking about where, you know, you have an opportunity to continue to pursue your soccer passion through Bateau. How common is it, you know, kids your age and kids kind of coming out of that high school level where, you know, maybe college soccer isn't an interest of theirs or maybe just not in the cards, but they still have the passion for the game and would still like to pursue that in some way, shape or form. Um, well, for me, I know a lot of my friends that I've used to play with and a lot of old teammates that I used to play with too I knew that they were really good and they had like a lot of passion for the sport but after high school I never hear from them that they played for the college that they went to or mm -hmm. they played at any type of level of um, soccer so then for me I didn't want to be like that type of individual to think that like if I didn't want to play college soccer then I should 
I shouldn't be able to like not play the sport anymore. So then it was just that I was driven a little bit more than them to be able to find more opportunities to play soccer. And so then when I found out David and their team, that's when I was like, my opportunities there. And throughout that whole entire experience, it was just amazing. So then I told my friends that used to play soccer with me that they should join the team and then they should like um, play with us. And I got a few of them to start thinking about it. But then um, when I got into the board, I was very thankful. And I just thought to myself, well, if I'm on the board, then I'm going to do everything that I can to um, support and give out my own opinions and my own ideas to help. Like David does like a really good job with the youth already, like um, have incorporating them and having them on the team. But I want to be able to express that and um, explore his ideas and kind of bring it out to people that Mm-hmm. around my age or even younger to be to be like oh there's a team for me ready after like high school or something so I just want to be able to show that there's an opportunity there for those type of um people yeah and definitely having a lot of off-air conversations with David and Josh and the board over the last month or so I definitely get that feel that that it's it's definitely a very very inclusive environment over there which is cool um and the reason that we've been having those discussions is uh announcement time here uh, just as we did with Spam FC starting last month, we are helping Bateau FC launch their official merch store, BateauFCShop.com. It, it's open if you're listening on Friday. And just like Spam FC, if you use promo code POD, P-O-D, at checkout, you'll get 10% off uh, your first order there. A ton of great merchandise. Uh, the saw, uh, My favorite, I think, is the uh, the three-quarter sleeve, the, the saw logo with the three-quarter sleeve. I love that. Uh, just a lot of cool stuff. So, um, guys, uh, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to have 10K kind of help you out with this. And uh, I really look forward to kind of continuing that partnership moving forward. Yeah, definitely, Jeremy. And we are just as grateful for, for this uh, opportunity to partner with you guys as well. And I think it's going to be a great fit for both of us. Uh, we, we've seen the, the sort of uh, business that Spam has been doing on the side and, and the promotion that they've been getting from, from their merchandise uh, arrangement with you. So we're just really stoked that it was a proper fit you know, for, for where we're at right now and, and that we're able to work together for it. Definitely. And it was, uh, it was def it was really a, a thorough process. I mean, you know, talking to you guys and making sure that we were doing this the right way, the right timeline, you know, making sure everything was done correctly. Um, you know, it was, it was really, uh, I'm glad that we went about it the way we did. And like I said, the, the store looks great. The merch looks great. Uh, so again, just really grateful for you guys. Um, I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to check out the products yet. I'm, I'm sure you have. What's your favorite thing in the store so far? Um, well, I know I definitely have, and uh, I, I've been able to uh, be the, the first person of collaboration with Ethan, a uh, friend of the pod, of course. Um, and uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of that Saw three-quarter t-shirt as well. I, I uh, may or may not have already purchased one for myself. <laughs> um, but then uh, I, I really like the, uh, the 715 hoodie, that, yeah. uh, that, that design that Ethan came up with. Um, you know, the 715 area code is a pretty big region in Wisconsin. It's all of northern Wisconsin, all the way east to Wausau and, and south to uh, just south of Eau Claire. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, we kind of view ourselves as the pride of 715. So, so we're, trying to, we're trying to lay a, a stake to that, that claim right now, early on, before any other clubs in our league uh, are able to do that. But uh, I'd say those are two designs I'm really happy about. Also, the, the championship design. 
Yeah. Uh, we have to have to get the word out there and continue to get the word out there that we won the 2020 with Paso Primary Cup. Yeah. And we're uh, aiming to do that same thing again in 2021. David, I know you're big on the sweatpants when we first started this. Are those your favorite things in the store right now, or is it something else? Oh, for sure. I can't <laughs> wait to order a thing of sweatpants. You will see me in 90 degree heat after I'm done with the game, putting on my bateau sweatpants. because awesome. It'll be great. Oh man. I'm, I'm also, I'm also a big fan of that. The championship hoodie though. Yeah. I, I can wear hoodies all year long. And I mean, where we live in Wisconsin, we get snow for six, seven months out of the year. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and even in the fall before the snow comes, it's cold enough to wear a hoodie. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big hoodie guy. So I'm looking forward to that championship black hoodie. I'm going to wear all over the place. Johnny, what are you most excited to get? A hoodie, t-shirt, three-quarter sleeve, sweatpants, sticker, coffee mug? What's your All preference? All of the above, maybe. Uh, yeah, everything. Yeah, like Josh, but um, I think I, I'm more of like David style. I can wear sweatpants. I can wear like long sleeve anything during like any weather. It doesn't yeah. matter. It's like, it's like, um, it's like to look good, you have to suffer, you know? So like. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> As long as you look good, you'll feel good in some way, shape, or form. So yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Nice. I, I don't know about you guys. I think a hoodie and shorts weather is probably my favorite time of year. I know we've kind of passed that in the fall, but we get that <laughs> late March, early to mid April. Yeah. We'll have a few yeah, days. Yeah, a couple for months that. away so, now. Yep, definitely gonna wear the uh, wear the Bateau Championship. Even though I wasn't on the championship team, I'll rep the Bateau Championship hoodie for we sure. For sure. Um, so again, batofcshop.com. It's open right now. Uh, promo code pod pod at checkout. will get you 10% off your first order at batofcshop.com. Um, you just follow batofc on Twitter, follow 10 K pitches on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you'll, you'll see, uh, all the great stuff that we have to offer there at batofcshop.com. And, uh, Josh may have mentioned this a little bit, but shout out to Ethan Brandt as well on the back end, coming up with all these designs and collaborating with batofc and getting all this, all this merchandise out there. Um, you know, couldn't do this without his help. So, um, really, really appreciate him uh, as well. Um, but aside from everything else that we've just talked about, do we know what 2021 looks like on the field for Bateau and Wapassel? Have you received any indication on what that what that Wapassel season is going to look like and how you guys are going to get to a dep- defend your uh, primary cup? We have actually got uh, a provisional schedule. Now it's, it's nothing is set in stone until we get teams signed up and paid and lo- like all that fun jazz. But uh, what it's looking right now is we have eight teams in the league. We'll go with a North division and a South division. So there's four teams in each division. We get the chance to play every team at least once. We get to play the teams in our division twice. So we'll get a home and away with the teams in our division. We'll get to play every team in the other division once. So 10 total games. We'll get five home games, five away games. Nice. Um, At that point, after the 10 games by everyone, the top – team in the North division and the top team in the South division will get to face each other for the primary cup, the 2021 primary cup, which if, if uh, any indication on how this off season has went is going to show what the season will be like. I mean, nobody's going to even come close to us. So uh, (laughs) I'm, I'm a very, I'm, I'm a very uh, outspoken individual when it comes into the Wapassal. I talk so much trash in our managers group chat. Like 
I will be top five in scoring. Our team will win the league again. Baron, <laughs> you got nothing on us. Like the declaration, especially, especially Hayward has nothing on us. Have to throw it out there. They you know, David, been... the good thing is preseason declarations like that have never come back to bite somebody before. It's, it's been a hundred percent success rate every time. So you can't miss. I mean, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan. So when a man like Aaron Rodgers proclaims that he's going to win the Super Bowl, he will win the Super Bowl. So he's, like, he's only done it once though. I know, but <laughs> Tom, ouch. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Enough about that. But uh, no, I, I'm feeling really good going into the 2021 season with Bateau, um, with our tryouts. Um, Josh has done a beautiful job on our website, getting the registration information coming in. Um, I'm, I was super excited when we got our first player registered for tryouts who was not on the team last year. I was like, Whoa, Whoa. Yeah, that's cool. Let's go. (laughs) That's awesome. That's fantastic. So when are those tryouts happening for anybody listening? We got uh, tryouts Saturday, March 13th and Saturday, March 20th. We're going to go from 2.30 to 4.30 in the afternoon, both of those Saturdays. And is the, web, the website is batofc.com, right? That is correct. Yes. Batofc.com. Okay. You'll find the tryout link um, and then scroll to the bottom. You'll fill out the information, click submit, and uh, you'll be coming to the tryouts. All right. And then, uh, you know, besides the tryouts, besides the season, besides, you know, March partnership, besides everything else going on, I mean, do you have any other goals off the field for 2021 or, or, or anything else that you guys want to want to achieve this year? Yeah, I, I know we want to uh, expand our social media reach or trying hard to do that across all platforms. You know, we're definitely more active on Twitter because that's where the lower league community seems to be more active. Uh, we try to be just as active on Facebook as well, because that's where our local community is more active. So it, it's kind of a finding that balance between uh posting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and finding what uh, engages the community communities on each platform the most. But uh, outside of uh, expanding our social media reach, we're just trying to become more relevant here in the Chippewa Valley here at home um, and, and gaining some sort of followership that, you know, something similar to what Lance and Common are doing uh, with their community-driven, player-driven experience. Same thing with Minneapolis City. Uh, same thing with even like the Maryland Bobcats. We can look up to all those clubs and, and everything that they're doing, and, and we want to emulate that. You guys got to get on TikTok. <laughs> You're right. I uh, hate it, but uh, um, uh, maybe we can get Johnny involved in that. 500 followers, and David no, will do a TikTok dance. No. <laughs> maybe. The, the, it'll be a special Bateau edition TikTok dance. You know, we'll, we'll have to come up with it. Oh, I love it. Love and- it. All right. Go ahead. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to add on to that, Josh. Um, Josh talked about uh, reaching out to the Chippewa Valley. Um, I've been reaching out to uh, players who play for Chippewa Falls high school um, to try to, they're part of the Chippewa Valley as well. I've been reaching out to players who play from Menominee high school. Um, They're all within 30 minutes um, of our central location of Eau Claire. So the more community driven we can be, the better. Um, whether you're part of Eau Claire, the city itself, whether you're part of Altoona, Chippewa, Menominee, any of the surrounding communities, uh, we definitely want their support and want them to be a part of this. Very cool. Well, before you go, tell the people how they can get a hold of you, interact with you, support Bateau, give us all that. Definitely. So you already touched on the website, but that's uh, www.bateaufc.com. You can also follow us or like us on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash bateaufc or uh, Twitter at Bateau FC, Instagram also at Bateau FC.
And then batoefcshop.com. That that's all of it. And uh, just to clarify, it's B A T E A U X. Uh, we don't want to confuse anybody with the spelling there. And we'll put all of those in the show notes as well. So if you are confused by the spelling or you're just more of a visual visual learner, they'll be the they'll be in the show notes as well. Uh, David, Josh, Johnny, always a pleasure to talk with the Bateau guys. Uh, we've talked a lot over the last month off air. Great to do it on air once again. And uh, as we get into this uh, Wapassal season here, I'm sure we'll have you on again. Well, thanks awesome. Thanks again, Jeremy. Yeah, this was an amazing. Hey, no problem, guys. You have a good one. That interview on 10,000 Pitches was presented by our friends at PodMN. What's PodMN? It's a mobile app built specifically for Minnesota-based podcasts. So if you're looking for a one-stop shop to find all locally produced content from local creators, local podcasters, you have to download PodMN. Personally, obviously I'm a big Minnesota United fan, so I don't want to miss my Loons news. So I'm always tuned in to 55.1, the Daves I know lunacy podcast dummy run podcast and the best part for minnesota soccer fans is there's a specific category a specific drawer for all of your minnesota soccer podcasts right there in one place so you can't miss for a minnesota soccer fan but if you're into more than just soccer pod mn has podcasts for you there's vikings podcast twins podcast wild timberwolves gophers so much more right there on pod mn and beyond sports there's even more local news local entertainers local true crime stories every corner of the podcasting landscape is covered in minnesota and it's covered on pod mn and i haven't even gotten to the best part yet the best part is you can win local prizes just for listening to podcasts you could win merch from your favorite podcast you could win uh, caribou coffee gift cards so many more great local prizes just for listening to local podcasts on pod mn so why would you go anywhere else to listen to your podcast you wouldn't right so check it out download pod mn that's p-o-d-m-n from the apple app store or google play store you can also learn more at podmn.com once again can't thank the guys at bateau fc enough josh johnny and david for not only jumping on the podcast this week but also uh, allowing us to help them launch their merch store which again if you haven't heard it already enough bateau fc shop com Ethan and the design team have been hard at work on the back end with them as well, getting some of these awesome designs uh, put together. Yeah, it uh, they're awesome, and I think um, you know they are uh, one of the only, or I think the only uh, amateur team uh, in Eau Claire, and um, it, you know it's really cool that they that they have that, and you know they represent the city in uh, such an exciting way. Um, yeah. And that the merch really does encapsulate that. So go check it out. Batoefcshop.com again, 10% off. If you use promo code pod POD at checkout. Now, Ethan, why don't you read us a nice 10,000 pitches review? That's right. Nice 10,000 pitches review on the way. Uh, Cue the music. Um, We didn't have music last week, but we're going to have it this week. I'm confident. Um, so if you want your review read, to be honest, when I'm looking for these, um, if they're anything over 10 words, a lot less likely to pick them out. So, you know, a lot of stars, little bit of words. That's how, what we like to say around here. <laughs> so, um, this one is from duck two, two, five, six. So the subject of this one is the good. Which I, um, I'm going to imply means very good. And then the rest of the review reads, love the podcast. Love it. Love it. That's, I mean, who doesn't love the podcast, right? 
I think that really encapsulates the public's feelings on this podcast. I really do. I I do as well. Perfect. Well, thank you for that, Ethan. Just uh, want to let you know a couple of UPSL friendlies on tap this weekend. Uh, no fans or anything, but uh, you know, soccer is happening in and around the Twin Cities at the UPSL level. Turbo Sports MN and Inter Minneapolis play on Saturday, and FC Minneapolis and Manday FC play on Sunday. Little uh, little Valentine's Day late night matchup for the for the guys at FC Minneapolis and Manday FC, but uh, both matches 9:45 p.m. happening at the Park Center Dome in Brooklyn Park. So if you know somebody who knows somebody who might be able to get you into one of those matches, uh, you know, make those calls because that's happening this weekend. I, I I think I think it's cool that it's that's we're kind of getting into preseason friendly season, like. It's, it's kind of cool that, that things are happening and people are starting to play each other. And, you know, even though it's indoors and it's negative 76 degrees outside, we're still actually getting some, uh, some of these clubs getting on the pitch to compete. Yeah, it, it's really exciting. Um, and, I, and I think one thing that uh, these past couple months where, you know, we, ne- we weren't necessarily playing, um, and I know we've kind of been returning more, more than not, but um, uh, it, uh, it gives you a sense of normalcy. And I, and I think that's important. Definitely. All right. Now is the time, Ethan. I hope that you, uh, we, we've plugged this like crazy. We, we have really set the expectations high for this. So I hope you came prepared. It is the official Girl Scout cookie bracket. If you're anything like me, you've had family members, friends, people you haven't talked to in decades hitting you up, whether it's Facebook messenger, whether it's text, whether it's Twitter DM, they're hitting you up. Hey, my so-and-so daughter, niece, whoever is selling Girl Scout cookies. And she has this specific goal. I would really like you to help her reach that goal. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. And I would, I would like to encourage all of those who are listening that are selling Girl Scout cookies, please start DMing the 10K podcast. We are all about getting any little girl a free bike. Um, and we want to contribute however we can. So please start getting in the 10K DMs. But here we go. Ten, the Girl Scout cookie bracket. So um, uh, there is eight. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight Girl Scout. Well, actually, seven Girl Scout cookies and a wild card. Um, I picked these Girl Scout cookies. I just picked them based on if, if I liked them and if I remembered them fondly. And if I could find them on the Girl Scout website. So if your favorite one was, isn't in here, it's because I, I actively chose not to put it in here. So I'm going to read off the uh, read them all off first, and then we'll get into the bracket. So uh, we have Thin Mints, we have Caramel Delights or Samoas. Um, I know, like depending on what state you're in, the name changes. We have Peanut Butter Patties or Tagalongs. We have the peanut butter sandwich and dosy dos. We have the Girl Scout s'mores cookie, which I think is newer. And I had like three years ago or two years ago. It doesn't matter. It was really, it was good. It was good. And then um, the, and then these ones are discontinued, but I, I had to get them in here. It was, it's the animal cookies, you know, it's the oh, cookie yeah. animal on it and it has yeah. the chocolate on the bottom. You know what I'm talking about? Yep, I remember those. Okay, so those don't exist, and finding finding them online is really hard. But 
I'm glad. I'm glad you remember them. They make me Do feel people better. sell like discontinued Girl Scout cookies like online? Like it's the black market. I think we should start if they don't. But, <laughs> um, but and then lastly, the uh, lemon like Girl Scout cookie. I found like two of them. So those are also. Wait, they don't sell those anymore. Um, I think they still sell those. Okay, I thought I thought you, this was in the discontinued category. I was about to. No, 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 no. no. That one's real. It's only okay. the animal ones that I think are discontinued. So, like I said, there's a lot not in here, but don't worry about it. Um. So, okay. So, Jeremy, you're gonna be you're gonna be the bracket decider. Okay. Okay. Um. So, um, and uh, but but audience, obviously, leave your opinions. Uh, you know, anywhere you can. Uh, we we want to know. And a lot so, of this has to do with the matchup too. Sometimes the the best cookie, the best cookie, sometimes doesn't always win because sometimes they get a bad matchup. So, uh, so, so yeah, I did divide these into conferences. So up first out of the big thin conference <laughs> is um, Thin Mints versus the Lemon Cookies. Oof, uh, that's that's a tough first round matchup though. I'm gonna go with Thin Mints though. Okay, so so for me when I put that together, I thought that was like Duke playing like northern kansas university tech like i thought that would be a 50 point routing but yeah um but anyways moving on to the mid-american caramel conference um we have the caramel delights versus the s'mores oh each have their own caramel delights are also the s'mores right uh correct yep s'mores okay i, I gotta go s'mores Okay, see, yeah, that's where I was going as well. Um, so we are now moving down to the uh, PB12 uh, conference. Um, <laughs> not to have, be confused with TB12. Or not, or not to be confused with the Pac-12. This is the PB12. Um, we have the peanut butter patties versus the peanut butter sandwiches. Oh, boy. Okay, can you explain the difference to me? I'm not sure I know the difference. Okay, so peanut butter patties are also tagalongs. Oh, it's okay. like tag it's like okay. it's like all the all chocolate one with like the peanut butter and cookie. Oh, okay, and there we go. Okay, I didn't know that. I've always known the, them as tagalongs. So and okay, tagalongs, right? And then in the peanut butter sandwich is just like the two cookies with peanut butter in the middle. I'm going tagalongs. Okay, of course. So now moving in here to the wild card, we have the animal cookies. Like like we talked about, it has the animal a little chocolate on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Versus Oreos. Oh man, I'm going animal cookies because a they're actually a Girl Scout cookie, even though they're discontinued. And I don't know, I something about yeah, I don't know, I like them, so let's do it. Oh, but. Hey, you know, Oreos, they got the independent bid, right? They, they put in a great yeah, season. It would be a got... travesty if we ended up having Oreos win the Girl Scout cookie bracket. So we just got to get them out of the way early. Okay, I don't know. I don't know about that. But anyways, I, I think I would have picked Oreos over the animal cookies, even though I remember the animal cookies fondly from my childhood. Okay, so moving on here. Uh, we, we now are into the second round. And we have Thin Mints versus Caramel Delights or Samoas. This is like that. This is like that one eight matchup with the really good eight seed. That's uh, yeah, really yeah, going to yeah. give the one a run for their money. Oh, man. I think I'm going to go Thin Mints. 
Ooh, I know. I I was I going caramel. I was going. See, caramel. it might be a personal preference. I'm not a huge caramel guy. But it's like, but it's it's the coconut and the crispy cookie. It's I get it's it. I thing. get it. But uh, like caramel, caramel and coconut. I'm I'm just not a huge of either of those. I'm not a huge caramel guy. I'm not a huge coconut guy. So, all right. I respect it. I respect it. But fair enough. Thin mints advance. Uh, so. And now we are going into the peanut butter patties or the tagalongs versus the chocolate animal or animal cookie with the chocolate at the bottom. We're going tagalongs. So peanut butter patties advance. That was that was pretty quick. You didn't even. No, no, I didn't have to. I love I love those things. Okay, okay, glad. Um, so here we are. Thin final matchup here, championship game. Uh, the thin mints versus the peanut butter patties or tagalongs. Okay. I'm going to go tagalongs. No. Okay. okay. But I'm, I will say if there was a third place matchup, Samoa's third place for sure. So the caramel delights are third. Yes. They, they, they beat out the animal cookie for the consolation championship. Yes. yes. So, so there we have it. The, the peanut butter patties out of the PB12 conference um, win the tournament. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you know, they had a great – but, no, I, I agree. I think peanut butter patties are the best Girl Scout cookie money can buy. Um, I do think Thin Mints – I don't know if this is true, but, like, all, all Girl Scout cookies cost the same. And Thin Mints, you know, you get those two, like – uh, metallic like cylinders just packed with thin mints so you feel like you get a lot more cookies yeah. with thin mints yeah. than any other cookie yeah i agree it just seems like it's it's never ending like with, with some of those other ones i mean some of the cookies are like they're big so like it just feels like you're not you're not getting as many right exactly like thin mints it's like a never-ending sleeve i feel like yeah how, how so. like how many how many like what, what's the most amount of girl scout cookies you've like put back in like a sitting more than i'd like to admit like i probably back in my back when i was a teenager i could probably take down three quarters of a box in one sitting you couldn't even get through a box is that what you're saying i mean i probably i never did oh you never i I probably could have but i never actually did you had some i my my freshman year of college um, I, my, my roommate's like sisters, cousins, I don't know, uh, was selling Girl Scout cookies. And I think I bought four boxes and I don't, I don't think they made it past the week. I, yeah. I, they, they fly. Um, yeah. in, uh, in my household growing up, the, the Girl Scout cookies just never stood a chance. Yeah, it is. I, I think the worst part about COVID is about, or like, okay, they, I don't know. Uh, uh, or one of the one of the many downfalls of COVID will be I don't know if we'll find those Girl Scouts like at outlet malls, you know, with like their table and wagon selling Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, just grinding. Those those are some of the just best out there Girl on Scout the on the sales on the sales grind. Exactly. Those those are some of the best ones. Like obviously, like the premeditated, like I'm gonna order, you know, X, Y, and Z is great. But those like spur of the moment, I'm walking into Coles uh, to to buy my new Dyson, and there just so happens to be a Girl Scout cookie sitting, yeah. Girl Scout selling cookies right there. Yeah. I I don't know if you can beat that. Um, 
not and unfortunately we're not going to get that this year although i think some people would probably are probably grateful for that but uh i don't know i was always i was always happy to see him oh of course like no 20 dollar is better spent than because like it's a pain like you don't want to be that guy that gives him a 20 and only gets one box and you get 16 dollars back you know like you you like if you just give him the 20 just give him the 20 and how much can i get for this right get get your four boxes and go don't ask for change and (laughs) there's not a there's not a 20 dollars better spent than that 20 right there that's fair Um, point because like i feel terrible you know you don't want to get three and get like four dollars change you want to get two get eight dollars change or yes that's a bad look you're holding you know you're holding up the line you know, it's you're you're that guy who's getting changed for Girl Scout cookies. I I agree. I, I kind of messed up the math there. I'm gonna be honest because four is sixteen dollars, not right, right? Oh, five is twenty, right? Yeah, four times five, five, ten, fifteen, twenty. Yeah, if okay. You're I, four boxes, they'd be five bucks a piece if you spent. 20. No, they're four dollars a piece, right? Yeah, so you'd have to get five yeah. boxes. Okay, so okay. My point stands. You don't want to be the guy that gets changed. And the math wasn't there, but the point was. Oh, man. All right. All right. Zero, one, two, or three, Ethan. Zero. Okay. All right. Can you see the hoop? Yeah, I can see it now. All right. Here we go. You said, what did you say? I said zero again. Oh, my gosh. Ooh, off left. Oh, baby. That's one. Okay. He, he, it's one. All right. Uh, Bounce back. Bonus, it bounced back. That doesn't count. Oh, bounce back again. That doesn't count. We're not counting this. Okay. It, One or two, depending on how you look at it. Either way, it wasn't zero. Podcasting with visuals. <laughs> Got it. All right. That's how uh, you do each it. Each week, we're going to start spotlighting a local independent artist in the Minnesota music scene. Today, we're leaving you with Malik Augustus. If you like him, uh, hit him up on Spotify, YouTube uh and instagram all right ethan thank you man thank you to the listeners appreciate you have a happy valentine's day yeah thank you guys so much for tuning in again jeremy thanks for having me uh have a happy valentine's day uh text your moms everybody uh wish them a happy valentine's day um and have a good one (laughs) also almost forgot thank you spam thank you bateau and as always of course thank you listeners appreciate it (laughs) I'm going, going, going like a baseball, shit, I'm gone And I'm losing my patience, it's in the parking lot And I'm finding I'm anxious where I'm lost I'm feeling for home plate, but shit is gone uh, yeah. I, can't, I can't even see the hoop I, I'm, I, gonna, like, I'm gonna, I gotta put it down, I gotta get the mic out of the way We're, we're gonna adjust I just also, figure for our listeners Because I gotta, I gotta actually get the hoop, so hold on Uh, okay, um, I'm gonna assume Jeremy won't cut this uh, so I, I would, this was a future Jeremy cut. Oh, I missed that. Um, well, Jeremy, future Jeremy, don't cut this. Um, uh, today, today I, uh, I, for dinner, I had pizza and I put pizza rolls on top of it and I like melted some cheese. Um, no, oh, okay. So you can hear me. I was hoping I was just talking to the listeners kind of candidly. Um, I can, I can hear you. Okay. I guess, yeah, you don't use earbuds. I do. Um, so, yeah, I, I did that, guys. Um, so, specifically, I use the DiGiorno's Croissant Crust, um, which I don't know if you guys ever had, but it is, it's really good. Uh, you should do the DiGiorno's Di- uh, Croissant Crust. Um, 
and I did some pizza rolls on there with some mozzarella melted over the top. Me and my roommate, uh, it, it was awesome. It was uh, it made my Wednesday a lot better.